You're listening to Just Talk with Prophetess Deanna Benson. We believe, therefore we speak. Let's have a conversation of faith. Hello, hello, family. How are you all doing? Hey, I am super excited to be with you on today. Thank you for tuning in to Just Talk, your faith fueling station. Yes, class is officially in session, and this is where we fluently learn the language of faith. How about that? I am so excited that you have given me another opportunity to fuel your faith and to help you frame your words from the word of God. The just shall live by faith. And so we believe, therefore we speak. Yes, welcome, welcome. I'm not sure if you're listening from our podcasting platform, if you are, welcome, or our newest platform, Lifetime Radio. Hey, yes. (laughs) If you are listening to Lifetime Radio, let me put this plug in, keep listening. Yes, yes. My amazing husband, Pastor Diedrich Benson, is the owner and the operator of Lifetime Radio. I'm just gonna plug that in, absolutely. I'm not gonna get on here and act like I'm paying for airtime, like I'm a stranger. Uh Uh-uh, I'm paying and I'm his wife, yes. (laughs) And I am so excited. Just recently, this year actually in May, uh, he uh, launched his internet radio station, Lifetime. And so this is the station where you get good gospel music and hey, Now you get Just Talk every Tuesday at 6 p.m. So if you're listening from a podcasting platform, let me put that plug in. If you have not downloaded Lifetime Radio, yes, go to your uh, app store. You Apple users, go to the Google store. You Android users, go wherever you get your apps. And I need you to download Lifetime, Lifetime Radio. Yes, uh, for some good gospel music. It is the station that you want to listen to every single day. As I often say, ditch your playlist and download Lifetime Radio. So (laughs) I'm excited to be on Lifetime as well. But wherever you're listening from, welcome and thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you guys for continuing to listen to Lifetime. You guys rock. Our numbers are amazing. Even with this pause that we've been in, I am just so humbled by the uh, our numbers. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for sharing this. Thank you for telling your friends about it. It's always such a pleasure to see it come through on social media or to receive a tag that you've listened to a particular episode and had your faith fueled and uh, your life impacted uh, by way of the word of God. It's one of my favorite um, experiences to be able to share the word of God and to be able, again, to fuel the faith of my brothers and my sisters, however I can do that. So Just Talk is one of those ways that I get super excited about. So yes, welcome, welcome, welcome. 
hey, you may be listening for the first time. Did I even introduce myself? This is your very, very excited breakthrough coach, your faith coach. Yes, prophetess, pastor, or just Deanna Benson. (laughs) I'm excited to be with you. And again, welcome. Thank you for listening. Hey, I'm not sure if we've done a series before, um, if, if I've gone through and done a, a series uh, through the podcast. I believe this is our first time. And so we're going to enter into a series. And this is the ABCs of emotions. Yes, the ABCs of emotions. Man, as believers, how many different emotions uh, do we experience? I'm sure you realize by now you experience probably all of them that you experienced before you became a believer, right? (laughs) The only difference is how we process them. Well, the only difference should be. There should be a difference in how you process emotions because now as believers, we declare that our God, our great God, is now Lord over our emotions. How often do we really acknowledge that he'll really govern over every part of us. And it is through Christ that we really can do all things, all things, our behaviors, our thoughts, our emotions, our feelings. He doesn't just want to engage in uh, with us or in us as it relates to us serving or our church duties or, uh, you know, what have you, the, the, the things that look like, um, church or Christianity. No, but your life, because your life should be the direct reflection of the church. We, as individuals, we are the church. We are, you are, I am. We are the church and our whole life should be representation of who Christ is. We are Christ in the earth. So I'm excited about this conversation. You ready to go ahead a little further and let's talk? Come on, let's talk. So our first emotion that we're going to talk about today is anger. Yeah, we're going to do the ABCs of emotions. You like that? Okay. So (laughs) anger, anger. I mean, hey, um, we're we're definitely going to dig deeper into some other A's. We're going to, you know, do a couple of them as we uh, go through the ABCs of these emotions. But anger, most commonly felt by every individual at one point or another. Anger. A is for anger. (laughs) Let me ask you a question. Do you have anger issues? Uh, Think on that for a minute. What I realize is very few people are willing to nod in agreement. Some of you are probably saying, nah, not me. Some of you may, you know, have bit your lip a little bit. Mm, I think I might, kind of. (laughs) But if and when someone says you have anger issues, let's be clear about this, and you scream, no, I don't, Uh uh-uh, no, I don't, and you do that like in your really angry bird voice, you, sis, bro, you probably have anger issues. (laughs) You probably have anger issues. If that question got an immediate response and you were just sure with attitude that absolutely not, you probably indeed have anger issues. 
But hey, it's not always easy to acknowledge our faults, our wrong, our error. But we cannot be people that disregard the idea that we do have issues. We do have error. We do have things that need to be perfected and developed and matured in us. If you are going to be a healthy and responsible individual, it is important that you acknowledge all of your breaks. Like everybody likes to be celebrated. Everybody likes to be affirmed. And everyone likes, uh, you know, positivity and, 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 and applause and things like that. Oftentimes, you know, we, that, that, that's our go-to. We're, we're, we're going to the crowd that's affirming us or that makes us feel important or makes us feel needed, you know, and all these things. But it's very, 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 very important that we are willing to hear and to listen and to acknowledge the areas in our life that mm, it's not applaud ready right now. <laughs> the areas in our life that need to be uh, developed, matured places and, and, and things that we just simply need to be delivered from, that we need uh, the character of Christ to rest on and to show us his ways. And we need to humble ourselves and give him our brokenness and give him our wrong, our error, our sin, um, and all the likes. It's important as a healthy individual and a healthy Christian that we understand that it is more positive than it is negative to acknowledge the negativity in you as you seek a resolve, as you seek healing, as you seek to become better. It is more positive then it is negative to do those things. And so today we want the light of God's glory to shine down on our anger or how we should go about processing anger. Because again, anger is uh, an emotion. Emotions are going to be felt. It is completely healthy, healthy for you to be in touch with the feelings of your emotions. It's perfectly fine. Again, our responsibility is to be responsible to take those emotions to the word of God and always allow uh, the spirit of, uh, of God uh, to, to be our uh, Lord, to be the Lord over our emotions and, and how we uh, show up in them, how we respond to them. So I decided I put myself on the chopping block today. How about that? So here's the thing. I wouldn't say I had anger issues, but I'll definitely admit that I didn't always know how to control my anger. Yeah, blank stare, because <laughs> sis, that was definitely a confession that I have issues with anger. Yes, yes, yes. And I am proud to announce that I believe and my husband would um, agree, because we talk about this often, <laughs> uh, that I've gotten much better in this. And, you know, just in all seriousness, this was an area that I could be directly, you know, just completely honest with myself and say that um, I needed to do better. And I needed to allow the word of God to process the way that I um, allow my temper to overtake me in certain situations. Um, 
for a while I used to excuse it in a way because I I knew where it came from if you will when you see patterns you know I'm just like my this or I'm just like my that <laughs> I won't call any names but when we see patterns we just sometimes excuse uh, uh, heredity and generational patterns oh you're just like such and such that's just like you know how this one handles that um, but we have to understand that it's great that we identify patterns and uh, generational things and, 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 and things that are heredity, but it's even better when we can identify them and correct the things that are not working in our favor, especially as believers. And so I had to do or go on my own journey with this, um, because I could be honest enough to identify and, and acknowledge that, yeah, there was some issues that I needed to uh, correct as a believer. One of the greatest greatest uh, challenges that I had to take was um, to do that, to first acknowledge my weakness in this area and to do the work to heal it up and get it out because I wanted it. Me as a believer, I just believe that we ought to want to be better people. We ought to want to reflect Christ and his nature. We ought to want to. It should be a goal, a daily goal, and we shouldn't be okay in areas that's not okay, uh, that where we are responsible um, um, to, to walk out uh, um, our life and our actions and our responses, you know, through the accountability of the word of God. Because listen, after all, being a believer is about Christ-likeness, right? Yes, we cannot forget that, that being a believer is always first and foremost about Christ's likeness. Character can't be separate from our claim of Christianity, and too often uh, this takes place. No, character and Christianity uh, are, are, are one. They, they, they have to walk um, in alignment with each other, and they have to complement each other, and they have to stay in agreement <laughs> with each other. Character cannot separate from our claim of Christianity. The goal is not only to have faith in his ability, but also to reflect his character. And I think that we have mastered going after the ability of God, but we don't sit and commit as much so to reflecting and learning more about the character of God. And that's twofold, just to learn more and have the knowledge of Christ and who he is, but also what that means about us and how he desires to, uh, for us to be a direct reflection of that and all that we do and how we interact with each other and, you know, in our environment and the way we do life, the way we show up in the world. So me, I had to acknowledge that being out of control in my feelings of anger was an area that I needed to submit to Christ. That was an area I needed Christ to rest on and to show me how to help me because I did have quick triggers or a quick temper when I was triggered, uh, I guess I should say. After all, I believe the scripture that says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. That's one of my uh, go-to scriptures when I realize that I'm at the end of myself and my ability. Um, it doesn't mean that that's the end of a thing. No, in my weakness, Christ, he uh, is there and his strength is made perfect there in my weakness. And so being weak in an area 
feeling insufficient in an area, not knowing how to do a thing is never an excuse uh, to stop growth and development as a Christian. It's never an excuse. Things like this is just how I am. Very immature as a believer because our goal is to come apart from who we are and to be more like who he is. I feel like preaching. Yes, <laughs> that is the goal. And so we 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 set ourselves up to be automatic <laughs> misrepresentations of who he is uh, while we're confessing to be believers and Christians and we just out of control again excusing all of our flaws and all of our weaknesses and all of our issues and all of this stuff that is you know chaotic and junky and messy and toxic and dark it's not okay to sit at the door of this is just who I am he know me. He know me. I ain't trying to be this. I ain't trying to be that. Why not? Is that not the goal? Is the goal not to continue to grow in grace? Is the goal not, again, to die to ourselves daily and to see him more and to be more like him? So let me, I'll share this. So this was my issue. Once I got angry or something that's presented to me that would uh, make me angry because when you start dealing with why or the the why to anger um, it's important to recognize you know why did you get angry about that so anger it doesn't just show up as anger it's that there's a why why did why did that make you angry? What made you angry? I may be able to coast along through or vice versa. So it's it's anger comes as a result of something. <laughs> and so whenever anger showed up, whatever was going on, if it triggered anger, um, I realized that coming down from that anger, for one, it took me a long time. If I actually got to the place of anger, it was hard to come down from that. Um, not only that, well, depending on what brought on the anger, here's the thing. I realized that I could or can every now and then, gotten much better, I'll say could slash can, <laughs> go from one to 1,000 at the snap of a finger, depending on what we're dealing with. So there's this quick trigger and then there's this no off button. Like, I can't find it. I don't know how to help you find it. You, whatever you're going to get is what you're going to get. Whatever I'm doing, however I'm feeling, whatever I'm, yeah, just out of control. I realized it would happen uh, whenever I felt threatened or attacked or too vulnerable. If something caused me to feel that I lacked control or the control of an outcome in an area that I would say that I guarded, uh, for instance, um, any assumed threat in my heavy boundary areas, areas like, you know, my, my husband, you know, so that's a, don't, don't place it. <laughs> that's a heavy boundary area. Um, areas, you know, my, my husband, my children, don't, don't do that. Don't, don't come from my children. My family, I'm, I'm very family oriented. I love my family. I love my family deep heart. We don't have to talk all day. I love family. My people are my people. And just like, I want my people to be okay and just don't come for my people. <laughs> um, 
or a challenge to my decision or my position, uh, there would be a, a trigger. And then anger was how I immediately responded in these particular areas when I felt again that that there was a threat to these the, these these heavy boundary where, where I don't have much bending room um, to the boundaries that I set around uh, uh, my my stuff, my people, and even my position. Um, and again, anger is how I would immediately respond in some kind of way. My only resolve to anger would be a resolve, like meaning that things had to return right back to what brought me peace and tranquility <laughs> where I, you know, that I was good and that it was good and that I felt that there was no more, you know, danger. That was the, the, the threat had ceased and I had nothing else to worry about. Like until it was all good, it wasn't going to be all good, you know? And so I needed to feel that my peace and my position was no longer being invaded particularly by another person's actions or their words. I realized that I didn't like to feel vulnerable in any kind of way. I just did not like to feel vulnerable. I didn't like to feel disregarded. I, I didn't like to feel challenged. Um, could the roots to that have been, you know, a well-trained insecurity? Uh, because I wouldn't say that I show up insecure um insecure is is probably not a face that I wore or wear um but again I had to ask myself why going through this process or I believe the Holy Spirit let me take that back the Holy Spirit had to uh present this question to me could it be that you've just trained your insecurity well um, could pride have had a seat somewhere in all of that chaos and popping off? Absolutely. It's highly possible that they both probably found a dark place to chill and to turn up when something or someone came into their space. And when their space was invaded, it was, yeah, no, absolutely not on and popping. <laughs> you know, see, here's 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 another fun fact <laughs> about me. I was a very sensitive child growing up, extremely sensitive to the point, man, look, I would get mad at me for how sensitive I was and how easily I could just cry. And I would cry about things that I wasn't sad about. I wasn't trying to cry. I didn't even want to cry. It wasn't cry worthy, but tears would just come. And I did not like that about me. I did not like the response of my emotions showing up as tears. I did not like that at all. I was extremely sensitive. And so anytime I dealt with any conflict or having to share my heart about almost anything, this overwhelming sensitivity made me feel so very uncomfortable, way too vulnerable especially when others reacted uh, unkindly or didn't protect me in this. And I can be honest, I didn't feel protected often in that, in those emotions. And so uh, that's a root. When we can go back into childhood and see where we didn't feel protected, where we see, you know, these things that are forming 
they're 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 forming issues that uh we are so used to now as adults that's why we say things this is just how i am but the reality is this wasn't the way that you were intended to be you were provoked there you were pushed there um something caused you to uh deem that as your place and nine times out of ten it was a place of protection it was a place uh that caused you to feel safe by any means. And so oftentimes when we were not, if we were not taught how to process emotions um, um, in a healthy way, you know, if our voice was not heard, if we were not validated, if, you know, we didn't learn healthy communication skills and, you know, all these things as a child, if we didn't have a healthy experience when it comes to inter and interpersonal relationships, uh, then we probably have processed that um, in somewhat healthy ways. However, we have learned how to cope. And so anyway, I, 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 if I felt vulnerable, if I felt unprotected in this, you know, it would just cause me, or I did, let me take that back. I did feel vulnerable and I did feel unprotected. And so I can say it started in childhood when I began to shift on how I responded in those moments. So I, I stopped being comfortable with being sensitive. I, I didn't feel safe if I was sensitive. I felt that my sensitivity was an enemy of mine. So I learned how to defend myself against my own sensitivity. I did it with attitude, period. Attitude as a little girl, like a young, just listen. Listen, y'all already know I'm not short of words. It's not by chance he gave me just talk. <laughs> I got the gift of gab for sure. And I realized immediately that there was something in these words that could work for me. Mm -hmm. There was something in these words and not only in these words, the words taught me or guided my posture and my demeanor, my reaction to life and to people in times that I felt too vulnerable or that that sensitive me was about to show up because I realized that it didn't work for uh, situations often enough. It didn't work in my favor and I didn't like that. And so I did this with attitude. I refused to be vulnerable or weak. So I set up walls with snappy words and a demeanor that said, I don't care. Well, that wasn't my reality, but I said I felt that I needed to present myself in such a way so that again I would stay safe. I purposely became my own weapon of safety. I realized that I had a tool, and like I said, it worked in my favor. It was my mouth. My heart, it was sensitive, but my words learned how to be sharp. They learned how to be strong. My words did. I didn't know how to put my heart in that position. I didn't know how to be strong hearted. <laughs> I didn't know how to, to, to really be strong and to stand in strength. But I realized that I could mask all of that with strong words and a quick temper. I could mask all of that. And so that's what I did. I began to hide my true identity uh, the, or the true identity of my heart. And it, although my intentions were pure, because again, this loving, you know, people and deep relationships and wanting to be a good friend and, you know, all of that, like I was, that was me, that I was that girl. I am that person. I, uh, you know, I seek to see the good in people. 
Um, again, I, I don't hold grudges. Um, I believe that I can easily, you know, just let things go. Uh, there, of course, are situations and circumstances I have to give to God, uh, of course. But um, I'm diligent about doing that, about giving things to God, things, you know, where as it relates to breakdowns and relationships and things like that. And, um, you know, I, I believe that I, I'm pretty... Um, I can bounce back. I can bounce back from some of the greatest offenses. I can bounce back. Um, and so that's who I, I, you know, have been and who I was then. But again, being that person and as a child, I felt that that was a weakness. And I didn't like the way that I felt or when I wasn't understanding why people didn't respond to me the way that I responded to them. Why didn't people you know, forgive me quickly? Why did people, you know, think harshly towards me when I felt that I hadn't done anything? Or, you know, so as a kid, I didn't know how to process that, that rejection. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't know how to process that and it didn't feel good. And so again, then I uh, found me a defense. I found me a defense. And uh, so when I realized that people had their own way of perceiving and receiving and responding, I put myself in a position that I didn't have to, but I didn't know that I didn't have to. And so I became snappy and I put up a wall, a wall that aided in my temper becoming shorter and shorter the older I got. And this is just the way that I dealt then with conflict. This is the way that I dealt with uh, feeling vulnerable. Or again, if that weak girl was going to show up because it's like, mm-mm. It ain't safe out here for you and because people are, are dirty and you know people gonna come for you and so no don't do that and so I became very well with my words I could handle them and I could put them together well um I can say that it was again it was naturally a gift and naturally a gift that uh God gave but the enemy he uh tried to get in there and 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 get it all messy and get it all you know ugly because that's what he does he takes even those things that are intended to be our strengths and he tries to cause them to work against us early on and so being um uh no well with my words was a gift uh, with writing, with ministering, you know, with teaching, with writing curriculum and expression, expressions of my heart. It was a gift. But the enemy came and he tried to um, uh, distort that early on, early on. And so I want you to take a moment and think about where are those areas in you that you can look back and see that the enemy came and he tried to get in there. He meant for evil what was created for good. I wanted you to take a minute and, and think about that because um, as it relates to anger, some of you, you may, you know, be able to identify with, with what I'm saying even right now and able to recognize that, hey, like this quick fuse is really not who I am. And the reality is then it, it has, it, it puts you between a rock and a hard place because now you're affected because you know you're showing up in a way that you really aren't. And you don't want your character to be framed around this type of you know person when you know that, hey, this isn't me, but I just don't know how to let the real me out. And so that makes me angry too, right? So for me, I felt that I had no other alternative. 
either be weak or use your weapon. I mean, so what you think I'm going to do? I'm going to use my <laughs> I'm going to use my weapon. Although this so-called weapon of my short temper and sharp tongue kept the threats away in most cases because baby <laughs> it absolutely did like I probably well I know I sh actually rightfully so should have been like in so many fights probably growing up because my mouth was oh my god but it actually worked in my favor too because you know it again like I said simply it kept the threats away it kept the threats away and again my words uh influenced and also trained my demeanor. So I had I had to posture myself to fit my words. I had to, you know, had the, the whole nine. I had to bring it all in. So I, I had to recreate me, if, if you will. I had to become something that I really wasn't. Because again, this, this sensitive uh, me, this, this, this really, really soft heart of mine, it just didn't find a safe Fit. It didn't find a safe place. Um, and growing up, really, just I, just being a kid, it, it just wasn't safe. And again, no one helped me uh, process that. And so, um, like I said, it increased my anger because I felt I was forced to be what I wasn't. I just simply didn't like being out of control. So as I grew up, because I wasn't taught how to process my feelings and my emotions, which a lot of us are not, because I didn't feel like my voice was heard because I wasn't affirmed and having, you know, this very sensitive heart. I grew uh, up in defense mode, if you will. And so though I just wasn't this way out of control, you know, just crazy girl, there was yet still again a very, 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 very close, reachable mode of defense that could show up immediately like they, 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 one called another and then the whole team showed up in any situation where I felt too vulnerable or weak or again disregarded and um, unheard and different things like that and so it just showed up in rage and a blow up things that didn't have to be responded to you know that way conversations to where I probably could have addressed it in a much you know more calm way but I, I had learned just how to react. Anger for me, uh, more than the experience of the real emotion, anger became my defense. You know, even if I really wasn't, like, it just it just became my defense. It was my way of saying for one reason or another, you are not gonna affect my heart. You're not gonna hurt me. You're not gonna come in my space. You're not gonna violate me. You're not gonna play with me. You're not, like, it was just a no-no zone. And when you got too close to that, um, whether it be conversation or action, yes, I was going to react and I didn't know how not to react, but it was reactions of fear. Anger for me were reactions of fear. Anger for me were reactions uh, of intimidation. Um, you know, I was saying, uh, uh, indirectly, you're not going to disturb my position and you're not going to attack my identity. You know, I, I, I know who I am. I know how I feel. I've validated myself and nothing gets to threaten that. And I felt like that was necessary. And so to hold me accountable was you coming for me. To question, you know, my, my why was you coming for me. Um, and 
because again it, it starts off innocent and it starts off you know again as a coping mechanism or a way of uh uh protecting ourselves as children but then you know as we go through life just all kinds of other things piles up on it <laughs> and now you know we 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 assume that you know, every conversation to where someone needs an understanding is a challenge or, you know, we presume it, it has a negativity has a way of causing us to see everything through a negative screen. When negativity of from, you know, of any matter, when it stays and it sits and it grows, it festers, you know, and fruit come from these roots, it has a way of causing us to hear and to see through negativity. And here's the reality. For me, it was that being out of control uh, would only be triggered by situations with those in which I had uh, deep relationships. Again, because of um, uh, uh, the, the nature and the sensitivity of my heart. So this this temper, this pop off, it happened most commonly in people that I really had deep relationships with. You know, many people, and this was several years ago, because of course, like I said, honestly, I, I, I've done the work and I continue to do the work to uh, be more like Christ and to allow him to help me to process and heal those things, those roots uh, that formed this type of fruit in my life. And so, um, but I, I realized and I had to take notice that it would only show up if you were already in my heart. And so... I had it's, it's like I had to bring my big guns out quickly because you're already there. If we didn't have a deep connection, you know, then you probably thought, oh, she's a real sweet girl. Because it's like, eh, you know, we're, I like you. But <laughs> but those areas, you know, so particularly uh, in the beginning of our marriage, uh, my husband and I. And then, of course, I had going had gone through a divorce and it ending toxic and ending and arguing and ending in chaos, you know, so uh, that just fed and caused what was already there to, to, to grow, you know, like real strong, major biceps. And so by the time, you know, we're entering into uh, a new marriage and real love, yet I'm still responding uh, from this toxic place. I'm still responding to disagreements from this toxic place, this place of defense, this place of, nope, 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 you're not going to hurt me. You're not going to, you know, disrespect me. Nope, nope, nope. And so just this, and so everything that showed up again, where we just, you know, needed to come to an agreement, talk out some issues. The only thing that I could hear and see was, okay, defend yourself defend yourself defend yourself and so I had to deal with that and I thank God for such a gentle husband and a husband who is not toxic and who is not argumentative and who is not he, he would not do that with me <laughs> you know and I many of you have heard me tell this I you know sometimes it made me matter like don't leave me out there by myself but if if I gotta be then okay you're gonna get all this you better join in um but I thank God that uh, his 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 position and who he was and and because he's controlled <laughs> in this area uh, well I'll say more than me um, he, he helped me be, you know be, uh, become accountable and to acknowledge it and I thank God that he gently dealt with me you know early on you know to just like it, you ain't got to do all that like what 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 is that why um, and then even his own boundary that 
wouldn't allow a conversation to go on if that's what I was going to bring. And so, you know, I guess you can maybe somewhat say I got checked or something. I don't know what he was doing, but <laughs> it helped. It helped. And I thank God because in this again and through his nature, uh, he was able to lead me to a place that I could be accountable and acknowledge that this is something that I really need to pay more attention to and to see where it is not okay that I am, uh, you know, allowing myself to be out of control in this area for whatever reasons I have. At the end of the day, I am responsible to the word of God in all that I do because I um, have committed I have pledged my allegiance to this life of faith and it is no more I, but the Christ that lives in me. And I think that we, um, we, we underestimate the power of Christ being now in us. We underestimate his power. We don't have to remain broken and, you know, just all, just all these things that can trigger. Ooh, that's just a trigger of mine. Like, can he, it, can he not? Can he not give us power over a trigger? Like we don't have to live with so many triggers. He can take the power from them if we allow him to get down to the roots and allow him to go down to the surface of the why of the 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 what happened to you that you need to respond that way. What was said to you that you think that you need to, you know, always come back with, you know, such such um hostility and you know just contention or what have you and so it was necessary for me and I thank God I thank God because it is making me and has made me a much better person inside and out inside and out and I have much better communication skills um, even within my marriage and my husband and I we have uh, because of that and because he you know, does he has he does well with communication. Um, he doesn't he's not as wordy as I am, of course, but he does well with communication. And I thank God that by me allowing God to come in and and help me in that area and to show me uh, uh, his his ways and for me to seek his ways and respond through him. Um, even in the times of feeling offended, feeling, you know, disregarded or disrespected, or if someone, you know, some kind of way was coming over those boundaries, um, you know, I still got a little, <laughs> don't play with me, sis and me. But at the end of the day, allowing God to uh, process and again, to shine the light in those areas where I needed his character to develop mine. And I thank God for it. And as I was saying, consequently, uh, my husband and I, we, we, we have a uh, great communication, you know, relationship. We have a great marriage and it's very few and far between that we argue. It's very few and far between that if we are in a heated debate, that it gets out of control. Uh, you know, we have boundaries and what we say to each other, how far we'll go when we know we just need to stop and pray. And so uh, for that, it has definitely worked for us. Um, and so the, the synergy and energy and atmosphere of um, our marriage and our life in the public and behind closed doors is overall a healthy one. And we're growing every day. And it's necessary that we um, deal with 
our responses as it relates to those things that can show up as anger. And so, which it, 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 it brings me to what I want you to consider today. And I want you to take a, another moment and just kind of pause and think about um, those of you who, who will admit that, yes, I have unhealthy, uncontrolled anger issues. Uh, my fuse is really short or I find myself always ready to aggressively defend myself. I want you to consider why? Allow the Holy Spirit to ask you that question that he asked me. Like, why? Is Have you uh, really trained well your insecurity? What's your why? Oftentimes, handling anger um, in this way, again, when it's out of control and we become toxic and hostile, um, exposes other issues. It's something deeper than what just happened, something deeper than what was said. Uh, roots to unhealed trauma, unprocessed feelings, etc. These things, you know, influence how well we deal with anger. Anger itself, we know, is not bad. There are times when anger is necessary. Uh, you know, there is a righteous anger, uh, anger against injustice, for example. And so anger itself is not the problem. Anger will come. But here's what the Bible says in Ephesians 4 and 6. In your anger, do not sin. Don't let the sun go down while you're angry. Now, I'm going to give you a second to say la. <laughs> Pause, honey, and think on that. In your anger, don't sin and don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. When anger comes... Don't let it cause you to sin. Don't take that anger to sleep with you. How well are we responding to that scripture? I mean, that's the whole problem with anger. It isn't anger itself. It's what you, I, as a believer, choose to do with it. Now, needless to say, this takes a lot of prayer and discipline. Um, even before something becomes, uh, shows up as anger. Because again, anger doesn't just show up. It's the way we respond to something, something that happened, something that was done, something that was said. Uh, are we are we careful, careful to pause and process things well and rethink situations and evaluate things? And, you know, are we intentional about uh, having the very best outcome in our character, showing forth, you know, the light of who Christ is and all that we do. Are we intentional as this, as believers in every situation? And again, not just to the, because some of us have it mastered with the public, but what about in your marriage? Some of us have it mastered with everybody else's children, but what about your children? What about the things that are closest to you? Because again, oftentimes what's closest to us gets the worst part of us. And this ought not be. Your husband should not get the worst part of you. Your wife should not get the worst part of you. Your children should not feel um, unloved and you loving on the world. You, you, you just, you know, every baby you see you hugging and kissing and your child hadn't heard I love you. Like th th our children and our families and our deep relationships should not get the, well, this is me part of us. No, those are the people that you, you, you want because you love them, right? 
And so you want to show up. You want to show up as love to them. You want to be there. You want to honor. You want to respect relationships with all people. But especially those that are living and and, and right there with you, those deep-seated relationships where your presence and how you show up in their life has direct effect on them. How you show up in your children's life has direct effect on them. How you show up as a spouse, what you say to your husband, what you say to your wife has direct effect on them. And so we want to be very responsible in those relationships to where our presence has direct effect on their growth and development. And we have to be accountable and very responsible to that. And we have to, uh, you know, acknowledge where we have become reckless in these areas. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. The whole problem with anger, as I said, it's, it isn't anger itself. It's what we do with it. Now, prayer, discipline. What is a Christian life? without those two words what believer is offended <laughs> by those two words because this is what this is going to take it's going to take much prayer and much discipline if you have become out of control or if you are out of control as it relates to handling uh anger uh, but what are we doing if in every area of our life in our everyday life we aren't giving ourselves to prayer and discipline these two are essentials for christian living let's be clear See, it's one thing to uh, get angry at an employee who's always coming for you, but it's another thing for you to contemplate meeting her in the parking lot to show her that she got you messed up. <laughs> you know, it's one thing to get angry because someone cut you off on tra in traffic, but it's another thing to speed up, follow them so you can stare them down, roll your eyes, shout out something crazy, and then throw up your middle finger. <laughs> It's one thing to get into a sibling rivalry or uh, uh, um, some type of breakdown in the family, but uh, and, and then you refuse to reconcile and you deliberately carry anger and resentment and unforgiveness year after year after year. And you don't talk and you won't call and you can't go see about because you're angry. It's one thing to have a heated debate with your spouse, but it's an issue to comfortably turn the lights out night after night after night, having said things that hurt and having hit below the belt so often and you refuse to resolve the issue that's disturbing the unity of your marriage and your God-ordained position with each other. That's it. See, that's 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 an issue. That's the issue with anger. So the big question is, what have you been doing with your anger? Because getting angry, we all will at some point. But what have you been doing with your anger? See, anger affects us mentally. It's with our mind that we relate and engage with God. Faith, growth, development, which are all key words in a healthy Christian lifestyle, are directly influenced by our mind, our mouth, and our movement. As a life coach with a niche and a calling for breakthrough, those in any of my programs, you have heard me and you will hear me if, if you, 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 you ever take any of my services, you'll hear me talk about the three laws to breakthrough. The law of the mind, the law of the mouth, and the law of the movement. If you are going to see breakthrough and transformation, it is imperative that you become disciplined in all three areas. 
See, I found that uncontrolled anger affects our biblical accountability to all three areas. If we don't control anger, anger controls us, simply put. If you're under the influence of anything other than the Holy Spirit, your display of who Christ is uh, by way of your character is distracted. And you know this. There should come a conviction with anything that distracts our display of godly character. What are you doing with your anger? Anger, it impacts judgment and decision making. Anger, it can work against you just as much as you assume you're retaliating against someone else. Actually, it is working more so against you, especially as a believer. Listen, I completely understand that life and people are a cause for pause more often than not. Trust me, I know. <laughs> Listen, they say audacity must be on sale in this season, honey, because it's getting serious in these streets. People, I'm telling you, <laughs> they come. Yes, they do. All people, 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 little people, big people, <laughs> white people, black people, people, orange people, red people, all people, all people in the church, out of the church, out of control, everybody. And I'm sure you're saying, I know that's right. Yep, they sure are. But let's ask ourselves a question. How does what others do and how their, how uh, does their being out of control press out the problems that are in us. The way uh, we most commonly process anger reveals what's inside of us. You know, I can't just make you act a way that's not in you to act. As believers, we must be responsible in anger management. We give ourselves too many green lights and excuses, always finding a way to justify ourselves. See, pride, it keeps us from calling out our own issues. We can see everybody else's problem, but pride causes us to justify ours. And so does pain. If we feel that no one has ever spoken up for us, we're determined to speak up for ourselves. Unresolved, unhealed issues have a way of causing us to make the decision that we are never letting it happen again. Whatever it is, it ain't going to happen to me again. Whatever brought me pain or trauma, it's something about it being unresolved and unhealed that causes me to say, I'm not letting it happen again. Listen, words like counseling, therapy, anger management class, they shouldn't be overlooked if you know that you lose control in times that you get angry. The soundest uh, people, the soundest people and the soundest minds, the most content people who are at peace with themselves and able to be at peace with others, do the courageous thing called being responsible and accountable to do the work. The work in your life. Work with your temper. Calm down, sis. Calm down, bro. Do the work. Allow God to reach and get to the roots and the why. Why is your temper so short? You can't just show up in life as is. We don't get to do that. I don't care what you've been through. You don't get to just show up and say, this is just me. No, there's only one who takes us as we are. <laughs> and that's Jesus. Somebody else, listen, they're going to deal with you for what you bring. We have to learn to submit ourselves before our master and stand there with our heads up saying, listen, 
yes, this is who I am. This, this is what I bring. But I'm giving you my hand and I want you to lead me to where you are. Even deep down in my emotions. Life and wellness is a journey. Take the journey to become better. Listen, you'll be so glad you did. You'll be at peace within yourself and being at peace within yourself is the only way to enjoy life. I was reading an article last week and, and, and I'm going to wrap it up here. And this article said that the self naturally seeks expression. I believe that when it feels held back, it feels frustrated because that's what's literally happening. It's it's being held back. And the core energies of who we are, our core self, are being uh, impeded in some way, physically, emotionally, mentally, or spiritually. Uh, when we feel our self is trapped, that's going to create some type of problem, some type of issue. If this happens uh, uh, with us for or by some means for a short while, we can usually handle it, you know, or, or cope Um Especially if it's with something, an insignificant situation or an unimportant relationship or, you know, person. But when it goes on, you know, over years and chronically, should I say, over a long period of time and particularly about core aspects of ourself, the frustration usually turns into resentment and anger. And it's shown that it can even turn into clinical depression. Healing comes when we look within and notice which aspects of ourself are not being expressed. See, I turned into the snappy flip mouth girl because I couldn't express myself the way that I was naturally intended to express myself. I didn't feel it was safe. See, it's our essential responsibility to express ourselves in our lives. Uh, not passively with little effect, uh, not aggressively where we're overwhelmed or harm others, but appropriately and assertively. You know, assertion is okay uh, when we know how to be assertive appropriately. When we assert ourselves, we speak and we live out our truth and it's okay. That's perfectly okay to remain true to who you are. That's all healthy behavior. The problem is many of us were never told this before now. <laughs> this information should be taught to us as children. Nobody told me that. Unfortunately, what we learned and felt as children caused us to become masters at suppression, which leads to aggression by some means. For us, when we feel frustrated and irritated, it's then that we need to stop and evaluate which parts of ourselves is feeling obstructed or threatened. Why? Why are you getting frustrated? Because frustration leads to anger. Irritation leads to anger. What's causing you to feel? What's going on? You got to stop and evaluate that in that moment. And again, if you don't know how to do this, there are resources. There are resources. Do the work to become a better you. Do the work to reflect Christ and his nature. It's our responsibility. So let's do a little breakthrough coaching. Contemplate each area of your life physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. I want you to look for ways you are expressing your core self. Are you or not? If you are already angry about something, then seek for clues for how you're letting yourself or others hold you back from living an assertive lifestyle that supports your values. Is there a, an area to where you're holding on to anger? Search for why. 
Why? What's the what? What am I mad at? What am I really mad at? I know this happened, but but what is that saying? What is that speaking to? What is that dancing on? Physically, are you feeding your physical body with good nutrition? Uh, because you know frustration and all that. Uh, these bad diets. Listen, when my before I started taking care of my health and trying to eat better, my mood swings and frustration tolerance, all of that was out of control, and it was all because of a unhealthy diet, high sugar, high blood pressure, <laughs> and just a healthy unhealthy diet. And I had to do the work, and I had to evaluate my nutrition, my rest, my activity. Uh, because all these things, they bring physical balance and joy. Is your daily life in line with your values and your heart's desires? Are you doing what you want to do? Do you feel held back? Do you feel suppressed? Are you depressed? How do you spend your time and your energy? Do you spend your time and energy on what others want for you or on what you want for you? It's important that you think about these things. Take a few minutes and think about your why. Where you are. Are you happy? That's a question. Are you happy? That's also a question that we should ask those that we love at least once a week. How often have you asked the people that are closest to you, are you happy? When was the last time somebody asked you that? Are you happy? And if you're not happy, why not? What's going on? Because I can assure you that if you're not happy, then you're sad, discontent, unfulfilled. And I'm sure that shows up as anger in some kind of way. So emotionally, when you inventory your most common emotions, are they pleasant or painful? If you're regularly in, uh, you know, regularly tense, I'm sorry, or frustrated or stressed or overwhelmed, sad, um, ashamed, fearful, resentful, uh, irritated or angry, you should probably ask yourself what needs to be adjusted in your life to bring you to a place of well-being. Are you pleasant or are you in pain? Mentally, observe your thoughts. What have you been thinking lately? Observe your self-talk, your mind chatter. Are your thoughts generally constructive? Are they encouraging? Are they uplifting? Is your focus on what you can do in the present? Are you processing life well? On what have you um, um, set your affections on? What do you meditate about most frequently? Have you considered and given yourself credit on what you have done well thus far in your life? Have you given yourself on how you are progressing towards goals that are important to you, meaningful and purposeful? Because see, if not, you're creating your own pain with each counterproductive thought that you have each day. The thought life, man, it's important. It is important. The thought life must be managed through the word of God. It, we just, we, 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 we can't play with this. It has to be. 
A mind out of control will always be a life out of control. Spiritually, observe your inner being. What are you doing on a daily to bring healing to your soul and health? What are you doing to, to, to increase the strength of your spiritual walk? Is growing with God a priority of yours? Is Christ-likeness your uncompromisable goal? Is self-image and values, are they important to you? Do you define yourself strictly by your body, your outer appearance, your material possessions, or your accomplishments? If so, here's what I know. You'll never feel good enough. You'll never feel successful enough. You'll always want more. You'll always, uh, uh, qu quite frequently at least, have a hard time believing you are not lovable and you're unworthy. Oftentimes, this causes us to go out into the world geared up like I used to often. Ready, full defense mode, waiting for the next intruder. When you learn to identify with more than your personal self, more than your immediate family, more than your environment, and more than your history, you'll feel expansive. You will start expansing. You'll start uh, reaching, you know, further than anybody has reached before. You'll start seeing the importance of doing this for me. I got to get better for me. I got to live better for me. I got to clean up my thoughts and clear out my heart. I got to do it for me. And then you'll start pulsing with life and living and passions will start to be awakened. And then you'll feel yourself really coming alive. And you'll start doing things and you'll start going after life in a way that you never imagined, refusing to be uh, bitter and angry and unhappy. See, each of these aspects of ourself, the physical, the emotional, the mental and the spiritual, they are all meant to be in balance. I don't know that we put enough thought into the importance of bringing all these in balance. They're meant to work together and in, in such a uh, harmonious, <laughs> integrated fashion. If not, you know, say perhaps most of your expressed energy is uh, mental. Then your other energy, you know, bodies may feel that we're overlooked. We, we, we aren't getting any attention. Everything, all you deal with is your mind. But what about, you know, your spirit? What about your physical? What about your emotions? You know, so everything has to feel um, recognized. Everything, every part of you has to be ministered to. Every part of you has to uh, be fulfilled. Every part of you has to be presented before God. Full submission for him to rest his energetic spirit upon leading you and guiding you in all areas, healing you in all areas, giving you wisdom on how to do life in all areas so that you can be the best version of yourself. That's how you become the best version of yourself. You need to be consistent about allowing the word to do the work in you. Allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you to resources to make you better from the inside out. When each area of ourself is involved in playing in concert with all of the other areas in a balanced way, 
let's say your spiritual or moral values lead the way, your mind focuses on achieving spiritual goals and your heart is open and loving and your behaviors are, you know, cooperative and they're playing nicely with others, ain't popping off, (laughs) then, you know, you'll find that you can sustain joy because the reality is this is the inevitable result. Nine times out of 10, if we got anger issues, we just got personal issues. Personal issues that God can heal. Personal issues that can be resolved. Personal issues that where we can grow and develop and become better people, but we gotta want to. Uncontrolled anger, unresolved anger, it's trying to reveal something much deeper than what you're mad at. Notice I didn't say anger itself. But when you are no longer capable of abstaining from sin because of it, you're no longer capable of controlling what you think because of it and what you do, and you refuse to or just can't let go, there's something deeper. What does anger reveal about you? It's perfectly healthy, perfectly mature, perfectly okay, and perfectly necessary to deal with this so that if anger is controlling you, you can heal. Do you fear fear being lost in the shadows? Are you determined to never lose your voice again? Are you insecure and do you resent the fact that you are insecure? Do you feel unloved or overlooked? What does anger cover up? Is it covering up that you're really afraid? Is it covering up that you're really not that confident and this situation is exposing it? What is anger revealing? Today I pray that you'll invite God's sweet Holy Spirit into your core self. I pray that you'll invite him to expose the leader of your emotions, the why to your rage and to cause your temper to be at peace. May he call every trigger by name. And may you humbly submit everything that the Holy Spirit reveals to you to the name of the one who is higher, Jesus. When you can't, he can. Make him Lord, even over your emotions. He'll help you when you feel helpless. He'll show you, but you must yield to it. You just got to. If you want him to heal it, yield it. Don't let anger cause you to misrepresent your father. Ephesians 5 says we are called to be imitators of God and to walk in the way of love. It's very reckless to not be responsible to the accountability that we have to be the light. Lay down your defense. The Lord is your defender. He's your protector. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will repay. Today, we pray God search out anger. Search the very depth of our hearts and teach us how to reveal the you that's been revealed in us. I pray that this has fueled your faith and your intent to be your best self and to live your best life. Well, this concludes our conversation. Peace and blessings, my friend. Hey, no more angry birds, you hear? (laughs) We're living in the light now.
We are the just. We believe, therefore we speak. Until next time. your faith has been fueled by today's conversation. Join us everywhere you can get your podcast 12 p.m. every Tuesday and on Lifetime Radio at 6 p.m. And remember by faith is how the just talk. Let's make it